Hey there, friends, and welcome back to the show. Today, we are going to be talking all about affiliate marketing. So affiliate marketing is something that I frequently get questions about. It's something that I do myself. If you're not familiar with affiliate marketing and you're not quite sure what that is, short, short version is it is when you are promoting someone else's products and you're getting paid a commission whenever you make a successful sale. Like I was saying, I often get questions about affiliate marketing and it's something I do myself. However, a lot of the time, I think people have a false perception of the potential of affiliate marketing and when affiliate marketing is a good option as far as a business strategy goes. And so a lot of the time, these questions that I get about affiliate marketing are malaligned. The person who is asking the question has the wrong perception of what affiliate marketing is really good for and where it should fit into their business strategy. And so I can't really answer their question without explaining to them from the very beginning everything about where affiliate marketing should really fit in and who it's right for and when you should do it and when you shouldn't and when it makes sense to do when it is a work less earn more type strategy and when it's just going to be busy work and not be very profitable. So that's what we're going to do in this episode. This is going to be the complete rundown of affiliate marketing and helping you to really understand whether or not it's the right fit for you and the right fit for you at this time. And when I say the right fit, I mean, it's going to really be the best use of your time and the thing that you could do right now that would make you the most money. So that's what we're going to talk about today. Now, I'll also let you know, though, that this episode is in a rather different format than most of the episodes on this podcast are. I am being interviewed by Denise Wilbanks, who is one of our students in one of our programs. She's one of those go-getter students who's really taken what she's learned inside the program she's in. She's in Startup Society and she's in 100K Mastermind. And she's just run with what she's learned and used it to grow her business. And recently she was asking me some questions about affiliate marketing. And once again, they were those sorts of questions where I was like, you just kind of have the wrong base understanding of how this should fit into your business. Let's sit down and have a conversation about this. And why not make it a podcast episode? Because I know that other people have these questions too. And I would love to explain these fundamental things about affiliate marketing to everyone at the same time. So that's what we're doing today. Denise did such a phenomenal job with her interview with me. We wrapped up the episode and I immediately said, so when can we do this again? I think that this is going to be such a treat for you and it's going to help you so much if you are interested in affiliate marketing to really, like I said, just understand if it's the right fit for you right now. So if you're ready to learn all about affiliate marketing, then let's get into this interview. We became entrepreneurs because more than anything, we want freedom. We want to be in control of our own schedule, income, and life. But unfortunately, that isn't always the reality of being a business owner. I'm Gillian Perkins, and I'm on a mission to take back entrepreneurship for what it's supposed to be. In every episode, I'll share with you how to get the most out of every hour you work so that you can work less and earn more. Let's get to it. Hey there, Denise, and welcome to Work Less, Earn More. Thanks so much for having me, Gillian. I'm thrilled to be here. So this episode is going to be in a little bit of a different format, kind of an Ask Gillian format. Denise is going to interview me and ask 
me all of her affiliate marketing questions. So with that being said, I'm gonna turn it over to Denise, who's gonna guide us through uh, her questions about affiliate marketing. Wonderful, thank you so much, Gillian. Well, let's start with, I wanna make sure that we're covering all the bases and making sure that we're laying a real foundation no matter where you're at in your business. So let's start off with that very basic question of what is affiliate marketing? So affiliate marketing is essentially when you are promoting someone else's product and you get paid a commission if a sale is made. So it's kind of, you're a commission salesperson, essentially. You're not technically an employee of that company or even a contractor of that company. You're your own independent contractor. You get to make all your own decisions, do your own thing and promote the other company's product normally however you want. Sometimes they have rules about how they want you to promote or things they want you to say or not say but for the most part you get to do it however you want and if you can generate sales for them then you earn a commission those commissions typically range from about five percent up to about fifty percent sometimes they can be a bit higher than that and normally they are on the lower end for physical products because the profit margins there are lower so for example if you're doing affiliate marketing with amazon or something like that then you're looking at really low affiliate commissions like four or five percent But if you're selling a digital product where those profit margins are a lot higher, then it is quite common for the affiliate commissions to be 30 or even 50%. Now, sometimes we hear in that bucket of affiliate marketing, sometimes we hear terms like referrals or sponsored brand deals or ad revenue. How does some of those terms work into that bucket of affiliate marketing or do they have anything to do with affiliate marketing? So there's actually a lot of similarities between those different things, just some nuances that separate them. Um, So first of all, you mentioned referrals. Typically referrals would be exactly the same thing as affiliate marketing. Um, Sometimes it's structured slightly differently um, where it's more of almost like a bounty payment. It's often for if you are referring someone to a service provider or business that provides services. And so you might be looking at a set fee or a set referral commission, Mm. essentially, that you're getting paid that might be a few hundred or even thousands of dollars. Typically in that model, you are doing a much lower volume. So you're not trying to drive like hundreds of leads or hundreds of sales to this company. You're maybe sending them a couple people each month or each quarter, something like that. Um, Technically referrals could be exactly the same thing as affiliate marketing. It just tends to be used in a slightly different way. And then you also mentioned mentioned sponsorships. They're fairly similar, really. You're promoting another company's products, but the way you're getting paid is different. It's a different payout structure. And specifically, instead of getting paid based off of how many sales you drive and getting paid a commission for each sale, you have a fixed rate that you're getting paid just to talk about it. Um, So this is essentially you advertising the other company and getting paid to do that advertising. So of course there's pros and cons there, right? On the one hand, you know exactly how much you're going to earn. On the other hand, there's a cap on how much you can earn. And also sponsorships tend to be harder to come by than affiliate uh, opportunities. There are many companies out there that let anyone sign up as an affiliate and you can just sign up and then start promoting. And if you can make sales, you make money. Whereas sponsorships, you typically have to talk to the company and they have to agree to sponsor you since they're going to be out the money. So they want to make sure that you will really be able to help them. 
And then I think there was one more thing you mentioned. What was the last I one? I was talking about maybe like ad revenue, that kind of thing. So ad revenue, it's a little bit different, it's still kind of similar, but so ad revenue, you have some sort of agreement with an advertiser. This could be like Google ads, it could be the ads that run on YouTube or on some other platform. It also could be with an independent advertiser, like just a business who wants to advertise with you. And that in that case, it ends up being a lot more like a sponsorship. But with most of those ad networks like Google ads or the YouTube ads that are technically part of Google ads also, you are getting paid for the clicks that you drive. That's the most common structure there. So it's not getting paid for sale, but it's also not a fixed rate. It's how much traffic are you driving to a particular business? And so you have a, a rate based off of how much volume of traffic you can send. Yeah, it, thank you so much for clarifying all of that. I think for the sake of these questions, we're gonna probably focus more on that traditional uh, approach to affiliate marketing, which uh, you mentioned at the very beginning of this conversation. And who would you say is a match for affiliate marketing content? Or what type of businesses do you think are a better match for affiliate marketing than others? And is there any difficulty le level for starting to use affiliate marketing? That's a great question. So you know, and I think it's such a good question because a lot of people just think, oh, affiliate marketing is a way to make money, so sign me up, <laughs> right? And they don't really think about whether or not it's the right fit for them or their business model um, or the other products that they're selling or anything like that. So we wanna make sure that you're only doing affiliate marketing if it makes sense with your business strategy and with your business model. So for example, Apple, that's a really big company, right? Do you see them doing affiliate marketing? Are they promoting other people's products to get paid for it? No, they're not doing that, even though like obviously they could do that and they could make money doing that, but they prioritize and, and completely, you know, comprehensively prioritize selling their own products because that is where they will get to keep 100% of the profits that are earned. And so that is the most profitable thing for them to do. On the other hand, there are other businesses that rely 100% on affiliate marketing. That is their entire business model. They just promote other people's products. They're essentially like a marketing agency that works exclusively for one client and on a commission basis. So you have to think about what do you want your business model to be? How do you want to make your money? What things will be the most profitable to you? So. Apple, for example, they have really specialized in innovating great products, right? And then promoting their own products. Whereas if you were a company that only did affiliate marketing, well, you would want to be a company that specialized essentially in marketing and advertising, and you would want to become very good at that and skilled at that in order for your business to be profitable and successful. But the plus there is you wouldn't have to create any of your own products. I, I just think it's important to be intentional about it and not just to sign up because it's a way to make money. Um, another thing you should consider is your audience size because affiliate marketing is sometimes promoted as an opportunity that's good for people who are just starting out because you don't have to make your own product. But it is actually oftentimes more difficult to sell someone else's product than your own product because you don't fully understand the product. Mm. You don't believe in the product as much. You're not as passionate about the product. And so you're not going to sell it as persuasively. Also, you should consider that a lot of people feel that selling and marketing is the hardest part of business and you are signing up to do that hardest part as your main thing as a brand new business owner. So just make sure that you're considering that. Is that really the part of business that you wanna focus on? Because alternatively, you could create your own product and 
run an affiliate program and have other people promote your products for you and then not have to do that marketing and sales side of thing at all. Now, I'm not necessarily recommending that, you know, there's pros and cons and different strategies for that are best for different people. And uh, I would say that most beginners would also struggle with the model that I just described, um, where you're not doing any of the marketing or selling, but because you don't have any experience with starting an affiliate program yourself and how do you get those affiliates and all of that. But just know that it's not necessarily the easiest way to make money as it's often purported to be. I love that you brought up that point about not only does it need to serve you as a business, but it also needs to serve your audience, whatever your niche is. And that's something I believe in and try to keep in mind with every piece of content is to make it intentional for not only how does it serve my business, but how does it serve my audience? And both things are just as important. So that really is such a great segue to my next question is, why would I even want to include affiliate marketing in my business? How would it benefit both my business and my audience? And what would be some of the goals that we would have in creating affiliate marketing? goals that might necessarily address our business directly and then goals that would address our audience. I love that you are focusing on like how will it really support your audience? How will it benefit your audience? Because ultimately like that's the only way to stay in business or be successful in business. And it's the thing that makes business meaningful is how you're helping other people. Um, And as we all know, the more you help other people, the more successful you tend to be. People compensate you for how you help them and how much value you give to them. And so we need to think about if we're including affiliate marketing in our business strategy, why and how will it benefit the audience? And not just like what product could I promote that would benefit them, but would it be beneficial for me to promote other people's products? Why or why not? And how will that fit into the content that you create or the products that you promote? Mm. So you asked earlier about what, uh, what business strategy or like who would affiliate marketing be right for essentially? And I think that an easy way to fit affiliate marketing in for a lot of businesses is if there are products that you already would be mentioning or promoting, you might as well become an affiliate and get a commission for it. I mentioned Apple. Apple's not mentioning or promoting any other product. They have no reason to. And so it just doesn't fit into their business strategy at all. But for a lot of people who are content creators or have a content marketing aspect to their business or are doing some sort of educational content, they sell information products, anything like that, anything where you're teaching other people or even just creating entertainment content, you're going to naturally mention products because products are just things, right? And if you're talking about things, if you're teaching people about things, then you will naturally have some product recommendations. It might be just a product that you are using, so you mention it. It might be a product that you're recommending to your students. And so that is just a kind of obvious, no-brainer way that you could infuse or include affiliate marketing into your business strategy. And it benefits your audience because you're already mentioning it anyway. So, and you're mentioning it because it's beneficial to them, right? So you might as well get the free money that's on the table there that the company's (laughs) offering to pay you um, if someone does in fact take your recommendation. Yeah, I love that. So, I mean, some of the things that I'm hearing from what you're saying is that 
goals for business, of course, would obviously be monetization. Uh, there might even be a potential traffic benefit that you might uh, experience depending upon what kind of affiliate marketing content that you're using or if you're creating content that is solely about like the 10 best fill in the blank kind of thing, that kind of thing. Yes. But it sounds like you're also providing such a great service for your audience because you're creating that bridge that convenience for the audience to when they're reading your content on how to do something or some educational content on it, they're not having to go to search for the things that you were talking about. You're actually providing it right there in the content to create a bridge for them to obviously go from from your piece of content right to that point that they need mm-hmm. that from. Or even perhaps maybe you were mentioning earlier that sometimes the commissions rates are higher on um, other people's like courses or trainings or that kind mm-hmm. of thing. Perhaps someone is offering a training that you're not offering and it's still within your niche and you're connecting those people together. Like you were saying, it, it all comes back to you at the end. I think you're really building uh, authenticity with your audience and a real reputation with your audience to let them know that I'm here to serve you and not necessarily about just creating this Batmobile around you can't go anywhere else but <laughs> anywhere else but here. (laughs) Yes, absolutely. So of course, it would make sense to promote your direct competition. Like if you're selling a course about videography um, for wedding photographers, well, you're not going to promote someone else's course uh, that is exactly the same course for the same target audience. It doesn't make any sense. But as you were saying, there are a lot of times when it could benefit your audience to promote someone else's product that is something that you don't offer that they might be interested in or they might really want, whether that is like you're selling a course and someone else sells a kind of a complimentary course, or you also alluded to those lists of products. A lot of the time, help that people need is product recommendations. Like that's specifically what they need. I want to start a YouTube channel, so I need to know what camera to buy. And so then they want to read a blog post that is like the top 10 cameras for YouTubers, right? And that type of content is almost always affiliate marketing content. That's generally why people create content like that. Sometimes people just create it because they are trying to help their audience, but most of the time they recognize, oh, this is a good opportunity to earn some affiliate income. That is so true. I've even done that with your YouTube videos that I've, when I was interested in starting making my own videos, and I'd see your videos and I go like, I want my videos to look like Gillian's videos. I, not like copying your content, but I like the look of them. I don't want to do all the research to find out the best camera, the best lighting of that. I want to, I want Gillian just to give me a list of the things that she's using and I'm starting from there. And it just creates this convenience factor that this simple direct line to answer what the audience's needs are and you providing that bridge to get them there. So speaking of the bridge, the how to get there, let's talk a little bit about how we would get started with affiliate marketing. So what are the ways that you can actually become an affiliate? Well, becoming an affiliate typically is quite easy. As I mentioned earlier, and there are a lot of companies out there that have affiliate marketing programs and let anyone sign up. Now, I wouldn't say this is necessarily the majority of companies by any means, um, but a significant percentage of companies, especially companies that sell courses or sell products online, often have affiliate programs. And if the company already has an affiliate program, then you can often just fill out a form and sign up and there's 
no approval process or anything like that. And if you're wondering if a specific company has an affiliate marketing program, I would recommend just Googling the name of the company and affiliate program. And if they have one, it'll probably pop up. Um, if you want to promote a product from a company that doesn't have a publicly shared affiliate program, then I'd recommend just reaching out to them, You know, use their contact form on their website, send them an email, ask them if they have an affiliate program. If they don't have an affiliate program, then in that case, I would recommend just kind of skipping it for now because if they haven't already set it up, it's typically a fairly extensive process. They probably won't want to go through it right now. They've probably already considered doing it. It's just, it's gonna be a lot of work on both people's sides. And there are so many companies out there that do have affiliate programs that it's not really worth the hassle of trying to like convince a new company to do it. Yeah, they're working under the same premise that we are as entrepreneurs, like, how does this serve my business? How does this serve my audience? And if it doesn't mm -hmm. add up, then they're not going to offer an affiliate program for them too. So Yeah. <laughs> and you know, I think most small companies or at least many small companies, if you asked them about it, if you said I'm interested in this, they very well might consider it. They might decide that they want to do that, but it's going to take them months to get it up and off the ground. Um, and they, even if they want to do it, they might not decide to do it because it's just one of many different opportunities they could pursue, one of different many marketing strategies they could use. And so they have to weigh those pros and cons and decide, you know, what is really best for them and what they want to focus on. So do you have any tips on how we can find those affiliate programs that are really, truly specific to the niche that we are in? Like any tips on uh, keywords or search terms that we'd, we could use to really connect ourselves quickly and easily to that affiliate program that would be a match for our audience? You know, one of the easiest ways to get started with affiliate marketing and how I'd say the majority of people get started is with Amazon's affiliate program because obviously you can buy anything on Amazon and yeah. um, they have a, an affiliate program that's very easy to sign up for. It's where a lot of people want to buy things in the first place. And so if you're mentioning, especially a physical product, it would make sense. It'd be convenient for your audience for you to include an Amazon link. And in a matter of minutes, you can sign up for their affiliate program. And then all the links you ever share to Amazon products can be affiliate links and you can make a small commission. The downside is that, first of all, you're not gonna be able to promote any sort of niche courses, and specifically that their affiliate commissions are basically the lowest out there. They start at 4%, um, depending on the volume you do, it can get as high as 9%, but it's not going to generate very much revenue unless you are driving a lot of sales. So that's just something to be aware of, but it's a fine place to start. Uh, now, as far as finding specific affiliate programs for more niche products that are the perfect fit for your audience, it starts, you know, with finding the products themselves. So rather than just going out there and trying to go on like a journey of discovery, we want to think about like, what would I want to promote to my audience? In my example earlier, I mentioned maybe you're selling a videography course to wedding photographers. Um, so you might think, well, what else would these wedding photographers possibly want to buy? And a lot of the time that's driven by questions that you're already getting. They keep asking you about how do I get more wedding photography clients? But you don't want to teach them marketing. So then you can go out there and try to find some other good courses that already exist and look into whether or not those courses have affiliate programs. And when we're thinking about these search terms or these keywords or trying to find these matches for these affiliate products, should we, is there any connection or correlation between the keywords that we're using for finding these affiliate programs with the strategy that we're using for SEO keywords like 
uh, depending upon where we're at within our business, we may be looking at a certain level of keyword difficulty or search volume. But does that even translate to this? Or should we be much more concerned about that convenience factor like what you were talking about? Yeah, I wouldn't really worry about that much at all. Um, I would just use your common sense to try to find the products in the first place. And then from there, eventually, if you're creating content to promote those products, then you might start looking into SEO friendly keywords, keywords you can rank for to make sure your content ranks. But your content typically isn't going to be ranking for, um, I mean, it possibly could rank for the product's name, but that's not where you're going to drive most of your traffic from, probably, unless it's a very popular product and people are looking for reviews for it. So in the example I just gave, um, if you decided that you wanted to sell as a affiliate, sell a course about how to find wedding photography clients, then that is probably going to be one of your primary keywords. How to find wedding photography clients, how to get wedding gigs or wedding photo gigs or something like that, right? And so you do your SEO research around those keywords to try to create a piece of content like a blog post or a video that you could use to promote that course that you've become an affiliate for. Excellent, excellent. Now, what you mentioned that most of the time that the affiliate programs are set up that you earn like a percentage, a commission, it can go and there's a very wide range of that commission Mm -hmm. rate. Are there any other different ways that you can earn money uh, via affiliate programs or are there other affiliate programs that are set up to pay in different ways other than commission rates? There typically commission rates. If if you're thinking of something else, let me know. They're almost always commission rates. Sometimes there are some variations though, like some products are subscription products. So the customer would be paying every month. So for example, um, if I promote ConvertKit, ConvertKit is an email marketing software. People pay a subscription fee to continue to be able to use it every month. And in that case, a lot of the time it's an ongoing commission where every month that that person you referred keeps paying, you're getting a cut. Now, That isn't the case with every subscription product. There are products that people pay for as subscription products, but as an affiliate, you still earn a one-time commission. So that's something to look into. Um, If it is an ongoing commission, the rate is typically a little lower, more like the 20 or 30% or even 10% rather than the 50%. So that's something to consider. Um, And then the other variation that I can think of is it's not always a a percentage. It's not always 30% or 50%. Sometimes it's a fixed dollar rate. And when it's a fixed dollar rate, a lot of the time it's called a bounty instead of an affiliate commission. Um, This is something that happens with Amazon affiliates. If you're an Amazon partner and you're promoting Amazon products, you're getting that small affiliate commission. But if you get people to sign up for one of Amazon's program, so like Amazon Prime Video or become an Amazon Prime member or sign up for Audible or something like that, you don't earn 4% or 9% or anything like that. You earn a fixed dollar amount that's like $5 or $10. And a big part of the reason for that is because those are Amazon's digital products. And so they're willing to pay a bit more. Yeah. It, it brings up a question that, I, that has just occurred to me is that when you're looking for these affiliate programs, you were talking about how Amazon has one of the lowest of the lows in the and the mm-hmm. commission rates, but they really are such a huge company. How much do they really need affiliate referrals to their, you know, to their company? So like the need and the, that balance between what they're wanting from affiliates is not as strong as like maybe it had been in the past. So is that something that we might want to even look for when we're searching for affiliate programs is to look for newer companies that 
probably will be more incentivized to offer a higher commission rate and so that we can introduce these newer pro- these newer brands and they might be more you know more motivated to pay a higher commission rate yeah, that makes sense. So I think that the reason Amazon's affiliate commissions are so low is partly because they don't have as big of a demand for help with their advertising. It's also because the way products are sold on Amazon, most of the products are being sold by third party sellers mm. and Amazon is acting as a middleman. And so Amazon's profit margin on every product that it sells is actually fairly low. And so that four to 9% that they're paying out, that is oftentimes around 50% of Amazon's profits, um, or at least it can be depending on the product. So I think that that's a big reason for that. Now, as far as your specific question, should we seek out companies that are up and coming, that are small, um, so that they're more motivated? I would say that is that makes sense, but I wouldn't make it your priority at all. We want to prioritize selling the right product for the audience because you're going to be much more successful at that and it will benefit your audience much more and it'll create much more success for your business. Um, and of course, if you're debating between a few products and one of them has a higher commission and one has a lower commission, you'd go with the one with the higher commission if all else being held equal, but it just shouldn't be your primary consideration. However, I will say that if you are working with a smaller company, um, a company that is really hungry for those opportunities, hungry for that advertising. Sometimes you can get an extra sweet deal where they might pay you a sponsorship fee in addition to the affiliate commission. So they know that it that you're wondering, you know, is this really going to be worth my time? Am I going to make sales? Will it be profitable for me? And so that's a reason why you might decide to not promote it or not promote it as heavily or not uh, spend as much uh, time in your content talking about it, for example. And so they really want you to, though, and it can be hard to get your first few affiliates, especially. And so they're motivated to pay you a flat fee up front in addition to the affiliate commissions you'll earn later on. I have a lot of companies offer this to me and you have to find the right company, right? Because if they're a brand new company or they have lower profit margins, they're not going to have the budget to do that, right? They're on a shoestring. They don't really have advertising money. They're like, yeah, if you can send us sales, then we'll pay you a commission. But, you know, otherwise, sorry. Um, and then if it's a really big company, that well, they're not motivated to do that. So you have to find a company that is motivated and has the budget. It just sounds like there are so many different strategies that you could use to create an effective affiliate marketing strategy. It's not necessarily one thing, and that's what it would work regardless of where you're at in your business or what type of products or content you're trying to create. So what basically, you know, to try to to try to funnel this down into some kind of overall effective affiliate marketing strategy, what do you envision as that kind of strategy or what are the features or pillars that you see that we should have in place in our business for an affiliate marketing strategy? I would just go back to that original like strategy question of what is your business model or your business strategy? What overall are you trying to accomplish with your business? What is the main product you want to sell? And that obviously directly relates to what the main 
topic you want to talk about in your business is if you have a, a content-based business or an educational business. But what is that main thing? And when I say the main thing, I don't mean like exactly what change do you want to affect in the world or, or something like that or how much money you want to earn. I mean, like, what is your business all about? What are you trying to teach people? How are you trying to help people? And once you know that, then you know what the main thing you want to sell is. And quite possibly the main thing you want to sell is a product of your own. You know, maybe you have a course that you created. Maybe you have an invention, something. Okay. It, but if you don't have something, well, you might look for an affiliate product to fill that spot in your business, that important piece of your business strategy. What is the main thing I'm selling? And then once you know those two things, then that's going to start to inform your content strategy and your marketing strategy. How are you promoting that thing? How are you helping people with that solve that problem that you want to help them solve or get that result that you want to help them get or teach them about that thing you want to teach them about. And so then you can look at, okay, how could affiliate marketing fit into this? Is there a logical place where affiliate marketing can fit into the marketing I already want to do and the way in which I want to help people? Are there other products that it would be beneficial for me to promote to them because they need help with those things too? You know, like, do they also need to know how to get those w photography wedding clients? if they want to be a wedding photographer, for example. Or I'm already gonna be creating these other pieces of content to teach them about this thing. And I have to mention these products in any way. I have to mention cameras, I have to mention lights, whatever it is. Well, okay, then I, I should become an affiliate for those things. And so I would go about it, like that's how I would approach the strategy aspect. Starting with your main goal, rather than looking at affiliate marketing and thinking like, there's so many different ways I could go about affiliate marketing. Like what should my affiliate marketing strategy be? Look at your overall business strategy and fit affiliate marketing in, in the way that makes the most sense. As you said earlier, like to support your audience, to help your audience. What I'm hearing you say is that not to necessarily think of affiliate marketing as a separate strategy, but still stay true to your overall business strategy. And affiliate marketing is just one of the elements within that strategy. Am I understanding that correctly? Yeah, I would say so. Of, of course, once you decide how affiliate marketing is going to fit into your overall strategy, then you'll probably have a strategy for the affiliate marketing itself, which might be, I'm just going to link to products that I'd already mentioned anyway, or there are these three products that my audience wants that I don't offer. So I'm going to go out there and find those specific products and I am going to promote those products. And you might have like a launch schedule even or a promotion schedule that you are promoting them on each year or something like that. So you will have a strategy for your affiliate marketing, but you have to start with the big picture strategy first. Yeah. Now, what point would you suggest adding affiliate marketing into your business strategy at all? Would you say from month one, start, you know, applying to some program and making sure you've got that, you're building that convenience for your audience and your content or waiting for a little while? that you're, you know, you know how full our plates are as an online entrepreneur, <laughs> everything feels like it's too much. You know, again, I just have to come back to like, what is your big picture strategy? Because if your big picture strategy is that you are going to like, so for example, um, famous case study here, one of the most like popular affiliate marketing stories out there would be Pat Flynn, mm -hmm. who promoted Bluehost uh, website hosting, essentially. So he started this blog, Smart Passive Income, and he was teaching people about, well, 
not exactly teaching people. He was being what he calls a crash test dummy. He was trying different ways of making money online. And and he was sharing the stories essentially on his website um, as case studies for people to be able to, you know, learn what was working and what wasn't. And one of the first ways that he monetized his website, one of the ways he most successfully monetized it in the early days was he promoted Bluehost web hosting. And the, the logic there was since he was talking about online business well if you have an online business you probably need a website so if any online business you want to start step one is get web hosting (laughs) so that you can build your website so that you can sell whatever you want to sell or do whatever you want to do so everything he was teaching people, it started with get web hosting. And so there was an obvious opportunity there for him to promote some web hosting company because people, of course, wanted to know, well, what web hosting? You know, like I'm brand new to this. This was before the days of convenient things like Squarespace and whatnot, you know, and there weren't as many options. So and we didn't have as much information. So it was just like, OK, I need web hosting. What's that? How do I get it? What company should I use? So he promoted. Bluehost and he earned um, I want to say it ended up be I specifically remember the number 40,000 a month consistently I think it got even higher than that it might have gotten as high as 100,000 or so I I don't remember but I know that for quite a while it was $40,000 a month he was earning from that one affiliate commission you were wondering like when should we fit it in it depends on what your big picture strategy is and Pat wanted to be teaching people about uh, online business and he didn't have a course yet and he but he wanted to make money somehow so he decided to prioritize promoting Bluehost from a fairly early point in his business and I don't know I, I kind of think he didn't anticipate or plan for that to be like his main business strategy because he was making money in a bunch of different ways it was just one of many different things he was trying out but it ended up becoming a, a key part of his business strategy in those early days yeah and it sounds like part of his success well he really was getting in in into that type of affiliate marketing and with that subject matter at a time that people needed that information and needed that bridge very desperately to find out how do I get my web hosting and that kind of thing. So he was like, it was like a combination of a great luck of timing plus just wonderful organic uh, content that he was creating for his audience. So he wasn't just necessarily pulling things like, you know, one post is about the best cars and one post is about the best web hosting and another one's about, you know, what to wear to a July 4th barbecue. You know, it's like there was like some sense to this. There was strategy to it as well. Yeah. He had a business strategy, you know, it might have not been fully fleshed out and it certainly evolved over time, but he knew what the main thing was that he was trying to do. He was trying to explore online business opportunities and teach people about what he was learning. So that gave him a focus for his business. And then from there, you know, he was he was trying all these different strategies. But like you said, like it was a moment of the right timing and listening to his audience. And that is so key. And that's why I said earlier, like, it's not about like finding the affiliate marketing product with the highest commission or thinking so much about your affiliate marketing strategy. It's about thinking about your main business focus and then um, thinking about how you can serve your audience, which a lot of the time is, how do I answer my audience's questions? My audience says they're struggling with this. And I know that when you are first starting and you don't have an audience and there's crickets and you post content, and you don't see any reactions or you don't have any engagement on it, you're like, how do I listen to my audience? I don't know how to follow this advice. 
because I was totally there for a long time. Um, I, I think I have another podcast episode. I'm pretty sure I have another podcast episode called something like how to listen to your audience when you don't have an audience. So Google that. <laughs> Gillian Perkins, how to listen to your audience when you don't have an audience, because um, there's a lot of thoughts there. <laughs> Excellent. Now, our, speaking of, you were talking about Pat Flynn had this wonderful connection with this amazing one affiliate program that he was participating in. Is there any benefit or is there any negative impact on your business for signing up to multiple platforms? Like, is there such a thing as too, how many is too many with this? That's a great question. You know, it depends on what your affiliate marketing strategy is. It always can have a negative impact on a business strategy or like there's an exception to every rule, right? So I say almost always can have a negative impact to try to sell too many products, especially for most small businesses. You're going to see the most success if you sell a smaller number of products so that you can create more traction with each of them. You can turn each of them into a more popular thing, like develop more name recognition for each of your products Um, and you can tell your audience about them more frequently and go deeper on talking to your audience about how that product will help them and that goes for your own products and it goes for affiliate products too selling less tends to create a higher volume of sales overall Now, I mentioned there's an exception to every rule. The exception that comes to mind is companies like Amazon and Walmart, they're selling a million things. That is their business strategy, though. Their business strategy is to sell everything, to be the one-stop shop for anything you want to buy, right? It's a different business strategy. It wouldn't ever work for a tiny company. I'm going to say there's no exceptions to that rule. No tiny company can be the one-stop shop for everything, right? It's like mathematically doesn't make sense, but it is a, a business strategy that's out there. So I'll just mention that. But I said, it depends on your affiliate marketing strategy, whether or not, or how many different affiliate products you should sell. If your affiliate marketing strategy is, I'm going to promote these products as the products that my business sells. Um, And so maybe you don't even have your own products, then yes, we definitely wanna go for fewer affiliate products. I would say like one or two or three, possibly as many as four or five, but probably in the one, two or three range. On the other hand, if your affiliate marketing strategy is, I'm just going to use affiliate links when I mention a product that I'd already be mentioning, but I'm not going to go over and above trying to promote those products. Well, in that case, there's no cap at all on how many affiliate programs you should or could sign up for. Um, The only limit really would be how many do you want to keep track of? Um, Because that's a lot of links potentially to keep track of. I would recommend having a spreadsheet if you have very many of them, of course, you know, just to keep them organized. And it's not necessarily going to be like a a major limiting factor. You could have hundreds of them on a spreadsheet that's alphabetized, right? And that could be totally doable. But again, it just comes back to what is your affiliate marketing strategy? How does it fit into your overall business strategy? Wouldn't wouldn't you say that to like what your audience experience is too within when they come to your website like how many times have you gone to a website and the minute you open the website you're just bombarded with all these ads or or things like you can tell you can barely even read the content of the blog post because there's so many ads or links or images trying to get you to buy something constantly mm-hmm. and And so you ignore all of them. (laughs) Well, you basically click off the website, or at least I do. I click off the website because I can't even find why I was there. I've even lost track of why I came to that (laughs) website to start with. 
So that sort of leads me into the next area, which would be content creation for affiliate links. Uh, What are some of the content options that you think are great options for creating affiliate marketing content? Like, for instance, if you have a website or a YouTube channel or social media or, you know, what, what do you think is great options for affiliate marketing? Again, comes back to what your strategy is, depend, <laughs> and that is going to affect which of these are the right options for you. But we can definitely talk about what a bunch of the options are. Um, so we mentioned earlier on those uh, list posts that are like a list of recommendations, product review type posts, top 10 cameras, that sort of thing. That would be one great option. Another kind of similar option is just a piece of content that reviews one item. And so this could be more of a one-off thing, like maybe every once in a while on your YouTube channel, you review a a piece of equipment or a software, you know, whatever it is, or it could be like a regular feature once a week, or that could be your, the bread and butter of your content. Um, there are plenty of websites, um, especially tech websites that do this. Although like think of consumer reports, for example, all of their content is just reviews of products. So that could be the bread and butter of your content, but it depends on what your overall business strategy is, how you want that content to fit in. Is it just you want to occasionally review a product that would be helpful to your audience? Or is it your business strategy is promoting affiliate products? And specifically, it's that you're going to review like all the products within a certain niche or industry so that you are the one-stop shop for all the tech reviews or something like that comes back to strategy. Let's see, what other pieces of content? Any sort of educational content that you're already creating, if you're mentioning products in it, linking to the, using an affiliate link for those links. Um, And that applies to like any industry, any piece of educational content at all. You also could do specific, like almost sponsored type content. You could do this on social media. Um, That's the the most common place that you would do it. So it's not exactly a review. It's more just you recommending the product. By the way, I've been loving this thing. It's been helping me in this way. Check it out. Here's the link. Um, And that type of content, I would say it's kind of the most risky because you have because people don't like being sold things people don't like feeling like they're being sold things we love recommendations though and so if it feels like an honest recommendation like the person and we feel convinced the person really does love this thing and they just were mentioning it because they love it even if they're getting paid an affiliate commission that's okay but if we feel like it was authentic fine But if we feel like they were just doing it for the money, um, which a lot of the case is how people feel specifically about sponsored content, which isn't what we're talking about here, but this content would have the same kind of look and feel as that, mm-hmm. um, then, you know, we all ignore it. And not only does that not drive sales, which especially if you're doing affiliate marketing, the sales are the key part, right? Because you don't get paid otherwise. Like maybe it's worth it if you're doing sponsored content and you got paid a thousand dollars for that Instagram <laughs> post, right? Um, but if it's for an affiliate product and it's not going to drive sales anyway, because people don't perceive it to be authentic, not worth it, right? But also not worth it because people will also kind of ignore your content at, in in other words, not engage with it, not react to it, which is going to make the reach of that post be a lot lower and can potentially drive your overall reach lower. So here I'm thinking of, you know, if someone shares something like this on Instagram, 
people don't respond to it because it's not authentic. So they don't comment. They don't like. Instagram says, the algorithm says, oh, people don't like this post. So it stops showing it to people. And then that can affect the reach of your next post as well. Or even the relationship you have with your audience. Um, Absolutely. Like sure. even, even like what you were talking about, how you're talking about using that product uh, it could go down as subtle as you're just simply using the product and linking it in your content, but you're not really referencing that product, but that was just the product that you used. And it's to, all the way down to that subtlety level. Now, I know mm -hmm. that you are such an aficionado in the, with YouTube channels and YouTube content. So do you have any special tips with how we can use affiliate marketing with YouTube as well? Like, are we just limited to use it in the description? Is there some way we can include it in the video? And what, if any, guidelines do we need to adhere to of like what we can or cannot include? Yeah, that's a good question. So first, um, I would, to answer your last question first, there's not really any limitations or guidelines or rules about that. Um, specifically, when you upload videos on YouTube, there's a box that you can check that asks, is this, or does this content, or does this video include paid promotion? And if it does, then you're supposed to check that box um, and it indicates somewhere that this video includes advertising or is sponsored. You do not need to check that box if you are promoting an affiliate product because you haven't gotten paid for that piece of content in any way. Um, you are promoting a product, but it doesn't that just doesn't apply. So you don't need to check that box. Um, and there's really no rules you need to follow except for one. We sh probably should have mentioned this earlier on. <laughs> there is this one rule in affiliate marketing and that is that you are supposed to disclose. And honestly, I don't know exactly who makes this rule, but I believe it is some sort of federal regulation on content created on the internet that you are supposed to disclose if you are getting paid or getting compensated in any way for any content that you are creating. And specifically what that means for affiliate links is that you're supposed to include a disclaimer that says that these links are affiliate links and you may receive a commission if someone purchases with your link. And so that applies for whether you are posting on social media like Instagram or a blog post on your own website or on YouTube. It's not a YouTube rule at all, but it is a general rule and guideline. I will say though, because I'm just gonna like say, I'm, you know, I'm not a lawyer, I'm not an expert on this. I actually am not sure if it is a federal regulation or if it is just a um, cautionary legal practice. Maybe we aren't required to, but lawyers recommend that we do because it protects us from potentially potential lawsuits, essentially, of people maybe um, saying, I bought this product because she recommended it and then it hurt me. And then, you know, but she and she was didn't tell me that she was getting paid for it. You know, she said she liked it, but really she just got paid for it. So that proves she didn't really like it, you know, or something like this. Right. So I'm not 100% sure, but I do know that it is a best practice. Um, again, goes for any sort of content you're creating. Um, you were asking about the, the YouTube videos though. What all do we need to do with the YouTube videos? You don't need to check the box. You should give a disclaimer to let people know they are affiliate links. I would recommend if you're going to, again, comes back to like, what is your strategy here? That's gonna influence exactly how you do this, but 
think about like, do I want to show the product in the video? How much time do I want to spend talking about the product? Of course, the more time you spend talking about it, the more you use it, the more you show how awesome it is, the greater the chances of you making successful sales are. But again, comes back to strategy. So for example, uh, sometimes um, in my video descriptions, I might like include a list of the equipment that I use and I don't mention the equipment in the video at all. Okay, because, and because that is my strategy is sometimes people want to know what equipment I use. Like you mentioned earlier on in this episode, you wanted to know what video equipment does Gillian use? And so I want to serve my audience in that way. And it's an opportunity to earn a little bit of affiliate revenue. So, and it cuts down on customer service, okay? It cuts down on the number of emails I get to put that information right there where people can find it without having to email me. So it's like win, 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 but that is the strategy. So I'm not gonna mention it in the content itself. So you just really need to think like, why am I promoting this affiliate product and how does it fit into my strategy? And then let that influence um, or decide for you how you're going to mention it in the video or not mention it in the video or put it in the description. That brings up another question. What about promoting products that you've actually not used yourself personally, like uh, having affiliate links to that, which especially with like things that are more high ticket uh, affiliate marketing programs where it could get pretty expensive to test everything personally. Like if we're talking about luxury Mm. fashion items or software programs or financial services or that type of thing, how, what's your recommendation on how to approach things like that? I would say, you know, just be authentic about what your relationship with it is. Yeah. Um, I'm perfectly happy to hear someone talk about a product they haven't used if they tell me that, or at least it's clear, even if they don't explicitly say that, they're not saying like, I used this product and it was great. It's not that sort of recommendation. It's more like I'm comparing these three different um, bank accounts and here are the features that each of them says they include. You know what I mean? When someone says, share content like that, I don't think that they tried them all out and they're telling me which one is the best. So just be authentic um, and make it clear in your content what your real relationship with it is. Um, And then as far as you were wondering about it potentially being expensive, Mm. you know, I think the biggest constraint is actually the time often because a lot of companies are actually willing to give you free product to test out if you want to be an affiliate. So even if they're not going to pay you a commission, you know, and it it depends on the company, of course, but there are a lot of like fashion influencers who get a lot of free clothing so that they can share it on their social media. And a lot of the time, if you want to promote a digital course, If you reach out and you tell the person why you want to promote their course and you tell them about your audience, then they quite possibly will give you free access to look around the course before you promote it. Now, if you have no audience at all, then that's the chances of that are pretty slim because they probably think that you just are trying to get a free copy of the course. (laughs) Um, But if you have an audience, then that is an opportunity. What about, are there any concerns you should have about uh, making sure that you're that you're checking that the affiliate links you have within your content are not outdated or expired or lead to resources that are no longer available. Should that be a concern at all? Or that just seems like a lot to track. Yeah, I would recommend that you do a little bit of due diligence there. You know, you keep track of that a little bit. I wouldn't worry about it so much about those like 
Amazon links that maybe you're strewing throughout your content, that sort of thing. But if there's links that you're using over and over again, like if there's a specific product that you are recommending, it would do you well to make sure that you are checking those links occasionally. And so what the reason it's not overwhelming is because I'm not saying you should go through all your content and find all the links and then click on all of them and make sure that they still work. I'm saying you should have a spreadsheet where you store your affiliate links and you're copying and pasting them from there over mm. and over and maybe a couple times a year you go through and click on them and make sure they all still work and if you find one that doesn't and it is spread throughout your content you might want to go and track down every time that you have shared it and correct it to the right link excellent okay so i'm calling this section my work less earn more section of affiliate marketing content and thinking about I've got a list of like affiliate program options and if you could just sort of give me a yes or no does this type of affiliate program does it fit in your work less earn more approval rating (laughs) or what would actually what would be a factor that would turn this into a yes if there was something about it that would be varying so the first one is what about affiliate programs with commission rates that are less than 10 percent would that be a yes or a no it's a yes if you were going to mention the product anyway. And what about are you would it and it would it make it even more of a yes if they were higher priced products as opposed to Kindle books, you mm. know. Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, maybe it it seems like well could you create the product yourself and get to keep, you know, 60% of the profits instead of 10% of the profits. If you're going to do all the work of marketing it, you're probably going to earn more if you can keep more of the profits. Yeah. But if you're not capable of creating that product yourself, or it would take you an enormous amount of time, well, then you probably just want to promote the other person's product. But maybe you don't want to make that the main thing that your business sells. Maybe you want to have another product with a higher profit margin that is your bread and butter. So really crunch the numbers. Like when you're putting that affiliate link, if it's not something that's just an easy one-click ad that you're actually crunching the number and going like, listen, I'm, I'm writing this paragraph about this. My commission on this product would be $1.28. Is this really worth me creating this content for that? How many, you know, that kind of really tangible outcome of really thinking about what this affiliate link will mean to you. Now, the next one would be, what about affiliate programs that have a 24-hour cookie duration period? And maybe you Mm, could explain a little bit what that means. Yeah, so after you share a link, well, not after you share a link, after someone clicks on a link that you shared and they visit the other company's website, the other website is going to have this cookie duration. Okay, how long will they consider that person to be a lead that you sent versus how versus just a regular sale that they're not going to pay you for. And this typically ranges from 24 hours up to a couple of months. Yeah. And it it's rarely longer than a couple of months because people tend to like clear their cookies and things like that. And so after a couple months, it's really inaccurate anyway. The shortest one I'm aware of is Amazon. I'm sure there are other ones that also have short cookie periods, but um, is Amazon, which either has a 24 or 48 cookie period. But what is cool about Amazon's cookie period uh, or cookie duration is that it's for any product that person buys within that period. So it's not just the product you sent um, them to. If they buy anything on Amazon in the next 24 or 48 hours, you're going to earn that commission for it. 
which uh, makes it a much better deal. So as far as like, is this a work less, earn more strategy? It's kind of similar to the last one, I would say. Like if it's a product you're going to promote anyway, um, or if it's a product that maybe there's some sort of time limit for them to even buy it. So there's a 24 hour deadline for them to be able to buy it, or your link sends them to a special 24 hour promotion or sale, um, that's fine but you need to make sure that that's clear to the people like here's the link for it is this special promotion if it's just a product that people aren't going to feel any sort of urgency about buying and the company's just giving you a really short um, window that's not that common so it's not something I would I've really ever run into but in that case I would probably choose another product over that product what about affiliate programs that pay just by clicks that you're not making really a commission rate on a purchase. These are, I think, more much more entry level programs, and I I've seen sometimes that the rate on this can be like five cents, just super low. Mm-hmm. But you, but it's a guaranteed commission if you if anybody clicks on that, you're making something. They don't have to purchase. What do you think about those? Yeah, well, you know, you have to think about how much traffic you're going to drive or you can potentially drive. If you have a really small audience and low traffic on your website, it's not gonna be worth your time because you're not ever going to be able to make very much. But if you have a sizable audience and that's what the program is, you know, like just do the math, I would say, and weigh it against other things you could promote or other content you could create. And keep coming back to that question of, will it serve my audience to share this piece of content, to share this product, to share this link with them? And if the answer is yes, then it's serving your business in other ways. It's strengthening your relationship with your audience and the value that you're giving them, which can end up driving more sales of your other products. And so you might as well snatch that free cash, right? But if it's not going to be building up that relationship and strengthening your business, well, we should skip this even if it was going to pay you a decent amount. Yeah, sometimes I've seen these programs too as being sort of like the first step to qualifying for a higher level program with that uh, affiliate program that's that's covering over multiple vendors. So that sort of leads to the to the next one which is affiliate programs that have elite levels of program approval where you're where you're making, you know, everybody wants to get into those affiliate programs cuz the commissions are higher, the pro- the vendors that are involved within those programs are the ones that your customers want to shop with, but often you need to be generating at least 50,000 sessions per month to even be eligible. So how does that fit into our business strategy as far as an affiliate program goal? I mean, first question would obviously just be like, well, could I qualify, right? If you can't qualify, then it's kind of a non-issue. If you could qualify or you're thinking like, should I do some extra work to try to get my business to a point where I could qualify? Well, how does that weigh against the other options for things you could sell, both in terms of your potential profits and also in terms of which would serve your audience better? And then we've got affiliate programs that cover um, multiple vendors, which creates a convenience for the business owner, of course. And then we've got affiliate programs that offer in that, that you have to run down independently via brand. Is one mm-hmm. or the other more work less, earn more? 
approvals? Typically the ones that have multiple vendors or are a collection of multiple companies pay lower commissions. Um, the place where I see that the most often is either with something like Amazon, which is a little bit different, but um, something like Amazon or else um, there are style networks and a lot of the time fashion influencers use this. Um, so if they're sharing links to lots of different pieces of clothing, rather than having an affiliate uh, partnership with all those different companies, they will just join one of these affiliate networks. And for them, a lot of the time, it's their only option because, I mean, not their only, only option, but if they want to earn affiliate marketing income from promoting those products, it's their only option because all of those individual fashion brands don't have their own affiliate products. So the only way they can earn an affiliate commission is by utilizing one of those networks. Um, as far as a business strategy or is this work less or more approved, <laughs> I would say generally mostly no, because the commissions tend to be so low and you're promoting so many different products. Now, that doesn't mean you can't make plenty of money doing this and it can't be profitable. It certainly can be. But I would recommend focusing more effort on promoting a smaller number of products with higher profit rates. So my last question for you, Gillian, is, of course, next steps for someone. So what would be your recommended next step for someone who is either wanting to get started with affiliate marketing, perhaps they're a one-person shop, they've just opened their business or the YouTube channel, what would be their next step as opposed to someone who has already been accepted into a few affiliate marketing programs, maybe they're already adding links sporadically within their content, but they're really wanting to strategize affiliate marketing as a primary revenue stream. So for the beginner, I would say start by pausing, like take a little bit of a breather and make sure that you are clear on what your overall business or content strategy is. Um, and the reason I say business or content strategy is because I know some people who are interested in affiliate marketing, they are more of the entrepreneur mindset. They think I'm starting a business and I happen to be creating content. And other people are more thinking like, I wanna be a blogger or I wanna be a YouTuber and I'm hoping to make some money at it. Um, so regardless though of what thing you're trying to strategize for, make sure that you know what that main focus of your content is or what that main thing your business is trying to help people with is and that you have a general idea of what your business strategy is what you want your monetization strategy to be um, that's just an important clarity exercise it's going to help inform all the decisions you make Second thing, I would recommend signing up for the Amazon affiliate program to get your feet wet. It's the easiest way to get started. You probably are already sharing same Amazon links occasionally anyway, so you might as well turn those into affiliate links. Um, and then the third step would be get more strategic about it. Think about specifically what products do you want to promote to your audience and why? What products does your audience need to know about? Either because they're already asking you for their recommendations or because you think the product would be really helpful to them. And then seek out those products and find some higher commission rate programs that you can sign up for um, and make that more of your strategy. If you want that to be more of your strategy. Uh, and then for the other people, the people who you said they are already doing affiliate marketing, they already, they're a little bit of the ways into building their business. How can they earn more, basically? I would say if you right now just spread some links sporadically, well, that was one strategy. But if you want affiliate revenue to be one of your primary revenue streams, then you're going to need to choose just a few products, one, two or three products, and come up with a marketing strategy for those products. 
and just something to consider that we didn't really touch on here, but I think it relates to this at least, is that different affiliate companies, well, not just affiliate companies, different companies ha that have affiliate programs, they provide different levels of support. Mm. Some of them provide no support. It's just, yeah, you can sign up to be an affiliate, you can promote a product however you want. Others, they run promotional events and you can participate in their promotional event. So maybe they're doing a webinar and they will give you swipe copy. So words that they already wrote that you can share with your audience to promote their webinar to your audience, drive your traffic to their webinar. They will turn them into sales for you. That tends to be much more profitable than just promoting the link. Someone has to do the actual sales work, not just put the link out there in the world, but actually close the sale to get a higher rate of, um, of successful sales and have you earn more money. And so seeking out those companies, a lot of the time these are companies that sell digital products like courses and the companies that do it the very most tend to be software companies. But seeking out companies that have a, an, an intentional and an active sales strategy rather than a passive sales strategy will tend to be much more profitable for you. Yeah, I mean, what I keep hearing over and over again in every section that we've talked about is the importance of the why behind everything you're doing as a business owner. And that's, I, I love hearing that. And I think that's a great thing to leave people with, with that, with this affiliate, affiliate marketing conversation. And thank you so much, Gillian, for inviting me here. Well, thank you so much, Denise. This has been wonderful. Thank you for all your questions. Um, I hope that this has provided some insight to everyone listening about affiliate marketing. Uh, and I really appreciate you kind of hosting and guiding us through today's episode. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Work Less, Earn More. Now, here's what I want you to do next. Take a screenshot of this episode you're listening to right now and share it out on your Instagram stories. And when you do, make sure you tag me at Gillian Z Perkins so I can see you're listening. Sharing on stories is going to help more people find this podcast so they too can learn how to build their business in a way that allows them to work less and earn more. And if you really love the show, head over to Apple Podcasts right now and leave Work Less, Earn More a review to give it a boost and help even more people find it. Okay, let's wrap this up. I'm Gillian Perkins, and until next week, stay focused and take action.